0: I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 3 of Season 6 of Movie Round Minute, The Daily Pod, where we take a caprass journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Jake Lewick of the Con Air Pod and the People Who See Pod. Welcome back, Jake.
1: Thank you. You can tell I'm talking because I'm flashing. I, 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 I blow a bit brighter when
0: I okay. talk, and then you can tell when you that talk. Works, it all depends on our size. Talk. You know, we all, you know, I, I haven't figured out, you know, that the, the size issue here is very strange also, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll figure out. People will understand what we're talking about when we start talking about this minute. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> That's right. So minute three begins with the camera taking a trip through space and time and ends with Franklin explaining the situation. You know, yesterday we, we ended things with, uh, all the the townspeople, or at least the townspeople that we will get to know over the course of the next uh, two hours, you know, uh, trying to say nice things about uh, George Bailey and and getting God or whatever is out there to uh, you know to try and save him from whatever trouble he may be having. We we have no idea at this point what what type of trouble trouble it is. It's very it's it's uh, I, I mentioned this yesterday. It's it's a great way to start this movie, but it leaves things are really, really strange, because we have absolutely no idea what's going on. We just know there's this guy, George Bailey, in trouble. That's it. So. And that's it. And Now, we're and now in we've place. traveled to space where we see a fake planet or a fake moon with a whole bunch of different dots on the screen in front of us. That's yeah. no moon. That it is not. <laughs> and... Uh, it's the plastic bowl
1: right. waiting in front of the camera. <laughs>
0: And, and as this minute starts, we we start to hear, you know, it, it like we're traveling through through space and time from a 1945 46 perspective, you know, when this was being filmed. So it it's it's a, a great effect for that time. From today's aspect, things would be so different, you know, if they were doing it uh, this way. Now, what I found very interesting is is that apparently. This conglomeration of planets and stars is actually based on something called a, a Stefan's Quintet. Are you familiar with that at all? You being a science person,
1: you know. Not, uh, okay. I am not. Okay. So I'm a Stefan's someone.
0: Quintet is a visual grouping of five galaxies, of which four form the first compact galaxy group ever discovered. Uh, the group is, is visible in the constellation Pegasus. And it was discovered in 1877 by Edouard Stefan which is why it's called Stefan's Quintet. And he was at the Marseille Observatory at the time. The, this group is the most studied of all the compact galaxy groups. And the brightest member of the visual grouping is NGC 7320. You know, I, I, exactly. I don't, I don't know enough about that, about that. You know, we we need we need a space guy to tell us a little bit more about these type of things. But the, 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 the Bottom line is, is that uh, you know this, this is an area in in space where they have five galaxies you know uh, very close to one another and it is one of the cosmic objects that were uh, that are being that were or are being observed by the James Webb Space Telescope, which was uh, launched just a few years ago in space and is able to give us uh, a look at all of these very very far away galaxies. So I, I find it really cool that in 1877 this was, you know, discovered, and now, you know, 100 almost 50 years later, you know, we we actually finally have a telescope that can see things even closer. So my, the question is whether this was done on purpose or not, and I don't know the the, the answer to that. You know, I don't know if this was something that that uh, you know Capra said. Hey, you know, uh, 50 years ago there was, or 70 years ago there was this guy who. Uh, you know, thought of this Stefan's Quintet. Why don't we use that? Or maybe it's just coincidence. I, I don't know.
1: Maybe he just picked a patch of, of sky that, that little cluster and that little cluster. Let's maybe. Have them two talk to each other. That could be. And that was, that was all. Really you know, he's he's
0: going through, uh, he's looking, he's, he's looking through yeah. all the, you know, he, he went to NASA and uh, which didn't exist yet. And <laughs> looked at, looked at all the pictures. and was, Hey, wait a second. <laughs> I got a go. great idea. You guys. You should film some kind of. Hey, why not? If it works. So basically, uh, you know, as we're going through time and space, we hear again some of the voices that we heard in yesterday's minute. We hear a little girl saying, "Please bring Daddy home. Watch over him tonight." And then we hear again, "Please bring Daddy back." So, you know, it's it, it's it's basically showing that the the Everything has gone over time and space, and you know wherever we are here in the universe, you know where we're watching this uh, Stefan's quintet, you know someone is actually hearing all of those uh, pleas or voices or someone something someone the stars exactly the stars, and then uh, we we see two of the two of the blobs on the screen, uh, you know are more pronounced than the others. And then one of them uh, starts flashing and goes, hello, Joseph. Trouble? Looks like we'll have to send someone down. A lot of people are asking for help from a man named George Bailey. Now, do you know the names of these two uh, blobs? One of them is called Joseph. That is correct. And what's the other one? Uh, the other one, I the other one is, is called Franklin. I'm not sure. Franklin. The other one is Franklin. And so I, I went on IMDb, and I was trying to find out who does the voices for, for these two things. And, and again, where did they get the ideas of, of the names Franklin and Joseph? Do you have, you have any clue? I'm trying to think. I'll give, I'll give you – I mean, you, I, mean I, 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 have names, I have a guess. I old I have a guess, but where do you think Franklin would come from? I mean, there's the only
1: Franklin I can think of. Is the, the, the president's right. um, okay? I'm
0: gonna give you a hint. Think back to Monday. Uh, so that'll be my guess. It'll be think back to
1: Monday. Think back to Monday.
0: Oh, right. Capra, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. I think that the whole idea here is, is that the director, of this, the director of this film and then Joseph is the writer. No, the two cinematographers, the writer was Joseph. The two cinematographers are named Joseph.
1: Okay, well, I thought it was, it was a Joe. Yeah. Wasn't that? Nope. Wasn't the the additional stuff by Joe?
0: Ah, okay. You're saying okay. Misremembering that already. That could be also. Uh, you're right, Joe, Joe Sterling. I I forgot about that one. I was thinking. I was thinking actual Joseph. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, you're saying this, is, and and it makes sense. This is basically a conversation between Capra and either his head writer or his DPs. You know, it's something. It's something I never thought All of beforehand. Of and, and you know that was
1: one of the. And the other the other one of the writers was Francis. Good, Rich. That's another kind of Frank. Right. right. They, they were just talking to each other. Could be. This is the production meeting. Uh, more
0: like or it. less. Yeah, sounds like it. And I mean, basically, the. So I, I looked up in, in uh, IMDb, you know, trying to find out who does the voices of these two characters, and only one of them is listed, and it's even. I mean, it's listed as uncredited, but it, only one of them is listed. So that, that was like, like the person who voices Joseph, I have absolutely no idea who it is. Because it, I, I couldn't find the listing for it. Um, we have what's known as the Senior Angel, which is okay. voiced by someone named Maroney Olson. Okay. Have you ever heard that name before?
1: No, definitely not. What, what else are they? Okay. Where else are they? So he, Can they be found? Okay,
0: so Maroney Olson is basically, first of all, the, the name means. Uh, it, it, he The guy was a Mormon, right, and his parents named him Moroni because that's the name of the angel who, according to Joseph Smith, you know, the head of the founding of the Mormons, he, uh, he revealed to Joseph Smith the location of the document, which would later become known as the Book of Mormon. Okay, which, again, here we have Joseph showing up again. Okay. I don't think that was... I don't think that's the Joseph that, that, uh, that Frank Capra was referring to here, but it, there's a lot of coincidences here. <laughs> Olsen, Maroney Olsen, was actually an actor who was in a lot of movies over his career, but the most prominent role that he ever had was just a voice role. Okay, he was the, the voice of the magic, magic mirror in Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Right. He, he has 112 acting credits on IMDb. Uh, but, okay. you know, the, the, basically his, uh, his voice and his, his facial attributes were used, you know, for the magic mirror in Snow White. So I, I, I thought that that was very interesting that that Capra would go back and, and take the, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all, to, to have that be the person you know, to be sympathetic to Clarence and, uh, you know, talk about everything that's going on. So back to what... It's a good voice. Yes, as it as is. Well. But again, it's really strange that I couldn't find any connection as to who Joseph was. Who who did the voice of Joseph? Uh, uh, maybe i We'll never know. Lost the history. Uh, I guess so. I, I, I searched for it and couldn't find anything about it. It's had, again, this one for, for Moroni Olsen was, was uncredited. I mean, in IMDb, there's, there's probably like 50 people that are uncredited in this movie. But they, they don't mention anything about any other angels. They're just the senior angel. That's it. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, so Joseph says, looks like we'll have to send someone down. A lot of people are asking for help for a man named George Bailey. And Franklin responds, George Bailey? Yes. Tonight's his crucial night. You're right. We'll have to send someone down immediately. Whose turn is it? That's why I came to see you, sir. It's that clockmaker's turn again. So first of all, I find it really interesting that they're having the the way that they're having this conversation. Like Frank, I mean, again, we we're 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 not going to get into all religious aspects of this, this movie, but you know, Franklin is higher up than Joseph. And Franklin is aware of the fact that on December 24th, 1945, George Bailey is going to have a crisis. The other guy. And Joseph hasn't been told that yet. You know, he's like, yeah, because like,
1: I, I, I've been monitoring the situation and we have our problem. And Frank is like, oh, yes, we're scheduled to have a problem. today." That's
0: right. I've, like, I've well, known for eons uh, that we're going to be having a problem today. And I decided to let you find out always on your
1: gonna own. Be the case. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that this isn't constrained to any particular religion. Is it, and like, they, talk, they talk of angels, which makes you and it's set at Christmas, which makes you think of, kind of Christianity, right. I guess. Uh, but it's then it's like they are upper angels as you say, but then they're also flashing celestial bodies they're like that galactic star clusters flashing in space Correct. which isn't any kind of you know, I don't think that's in any uh, religious text and then this guy's a clockmaker that's right, but is also an angel and also a star so I I I, I, I like the ambiguity that inconsistency, it, it, well, that is nice.
0: Maybe it's because it's the, the religion of Capra. Because, yes, because so the like head that, of yes. the religion of Capra is Franklin. <laughs> sure. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So he mentions here this the clock, that, that clockmaker's turn. So it shows that Joseph doesn't really, you know, he, he doesn't appreciate Clarence very much. It's that
1: clockmaker. That's so, was, is Clarence, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow. Clarence can't see anything. Correct. Which would make it difficult to be a clockmaker, I assume. I, I'm no disparagement on any blind clockmakers out visually impaired. Correct. But my assumption is, is,
0: is, my my assumption is, is that that you know, for the last two hundred years that he's been in heaven slash space, he hasn't really needed to make clocks, but he's still known as that clockmaker. <laughs> so
1: is he, is this is what I'm trying to get to? Is Clarence, uh, someone who was a clockmaker during their life on Earth, and uh, since passing has been and become this angel figure who is now known as that clockmaker. Or is that what these angels are? Did they used to be humans, or are they different things entirely that have always been celestial bodies in space? And one of them can or has made clocks for some reason. Given that I don't think these beings need clocks,
0: right? Well, okay. First of all. I don't first know. of all, Franklin and Joseph, I can't talk about, about their backgrounds, but my assumption is, is that pa- Clarence passed away 200 years ago and he was a clockmaker on Earth and has now been you know, struggling in heavenslash space in order to get his wings and become an angel or to has become a he has the IQ first it. class because he has the IQ of a rabbit. Yes, but so. The faith of a child. That's right. <laughs> How, how far back do you think the, the uh, occupation of clockmaker goes?
1: Oh, I'm going to guess uh, shortly before the invention of clocks. Um, when did... what depends what you mean by clock. Are you counting sundial? Is there like a sundial maker? We're talking millennia.
0: Mechani- <laughs> mechanical clocks. Mechanical uh, um, that's going to be like the 1600s, maybe. It's actually the beginning of the thirteen hundreds.
1: Okay. They right. started
0: making mechanical clocks.
1: That first one took like three hundred years.
0: More or less. Mm. And then <laughs> between the fifteenth and seventeenth century, clock making was considered to be the the leading edge of of technology. That was like the, the most technologically advanced of its, it's uh, yes, trade that they had. It's easy. It's it's not clock making. <laughs> That's right. Bandied around. Correct, but uh, even someone with the IQ of a rabbit is able to be a clockmaker. maker. I mean,
1: there must be some pretty smart rabbits out there. I've not seen one of the Pooh. Yes,
0: uh, Bugs Bunny. Sure. There, yeah. There, there are many that we can that we can discuss, but but we're not here to talk about uh, rabbits, so we'll, we'll we'll stay away from those.
1: I was wacky fully things. expecting the question. Jay, do you know what the IQ of a rabbit is? And I was like, No, Rob, no, I don't
0: really Wait, we're it. not there yet. We didn't get there yet. <laughs> I I do have that question down here, <laughs> <laughs> Jane. But we're not there yet. <laughs> so then Franklin laughs and goes, Oh Clarence. Hasn't got his wings yet. Has he? Now wouldn't Franklin already know that? <laughs>
1: yeah, but that just they're just disgust they're, they're gossiping about That's it. That's right. They
0: both know. That's it. right. And then yeah. and then Joseph says, We've passed him up all have passed him up right along. Now, what do you? How do you interpret that that statement? We've passed him up right along. Does that mean, you know, like, I, like, you know, we just let him go through, the, you know, go through the motions, pa- pass him up?
1: I'm gonna take it as. Oh, I take pass him up as being, uh, he's been like passed over. Correct. It could be. Not. He's, he like hasn't had his wing. He's tried to get them and failed. Right. A few times. So we part. We we keep like passing over, pass over him. By getting his wings, and now it's another chance. And this time, who knows, maybe he'll do it. Correct.
0: Okay. We'll see. Now, but but I, I get the impression from Joseph, meaning that we don't want him to pass it. So, you know, we're keeping him where he is, you know. And then, because mm. then his, 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 uh, he continues by saying, you know, we have passed him up right along because you know, sir, he's got the IQ of a rabbit. wait him a child. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, they do say, they do say that. Yes. Yeah. So, so, Mean. So, Jay,
0: what, what, what do you think the IQ of a rabbit? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I did look that up. 35. I did look that up, but I couldn't get an answer because you can't really do an IQ test on, on no. animals. Um, but they claim that there's always been a rumor that rabbits were, were less intelligent than, than most other domesticated animals. But the recent uh, studies have shown that rabbits have similar IQ, uh, intelligence levels of dogs and cats. So, you know, I, I don't know how much of a, you know, dis- disparage this is by saying he has an IQ rabbit, meaning he's, you know, he's just as good as any other domesticated animal.
1: So, I don't know. I would like somebody, out, someone listening out there to write some to research and write some kind of blog post on uh, rabbits in Jimmy Stewart films. That's right. Because it's mentioned here, it's mentioned later in this film uh, about the two uh, dollar bills mating like rabbits. That's and then Harvey. you have Harvey. That's right. There must be other rabbits in other Jimmy Stewart films, and I want to know which ones and why. Okay. Good Good luck with that to whoever
0: decides to take on Jay's challenge. (laughs) How many different breeds of rabbits do you think there are in the world? Oh,
1: um, at least one. Um, There's a lock. There's mini lock. There's those giant ones that are the size of people. Buses. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Very small buses. Uh, there's the one from Monty Python. Twenty. Um, Three hundred and five. That was my next guess. Okay, that yeah, yeah that's a lot.
0: <laughs> and how many continents can you find uh, rabbits on? Six. That is correct. And which is the one that doesn't have any?
1: I mean, I've never heard of the Antarctic rabbit. So I'm guess that one. <laughs> that's right. Uh, there. That was the best place to hide from the Arctic fox with the Antarctic
0: rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, it, and it has a very interesting tagline here, where it says, "The rabbit in, in many areas of the world is a part of daily life, as food, clothing, a companion, and a source of artistic inspiration."
1: Yep. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Can't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. What, what is what is
0: a male rabbit called?
1: Uh, we used to have one that was called Copper.
0: <laughs> Not his name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What a is, male uh, rabbit so... is called a buck, and a a, okay, and a yeah. female rabbit is called a doe.
1: Ours is called Goldie, but yes. Oh, uh, you have a rabbit? We we, we, we did. Oh, we had two.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. They were my first pets. Okay. That that's fair. And then we get Franklin's response that you you've mentioned numerous times already this this episode. Yes, but he's got the faith of a child. Simple. Joseph, send for Clarence. And I love how within two seconds, you know, a little dot appears. We don't, we don't see anyone call out. We don't have Joseph say, you know, uh, Clarence, as as two to, you know, to, to Franklin's office immediately, or anything to that effect. You know, and,
1: and he he appears as like a shooting star, moving at an incredible speed. That's right. The kind of speed that you, you might think someone going at that speed would kind of yell out a lot. Which maybe they're doing, but it's, it's space, so no one, no one can, can hear you scream. That's, that's
0: right. It. Okay, that, that's fair. I understand. That's, uh, it's harder to hear people screaming. Uh-huh. So Clarence then shows up and says, you send for me, sir? Yes, Clarence. A man down on Earth needs our help. Splendid. Is he sick? No, worse. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Splendid. A man on earth needs our help.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate villain.
0: No. <laughs> he's, well, come on. He's not saying in a villainous way. He's, he wants to get <laughs> his wings. He wants to help someone. But also he has the IQ of a rabbit. So maybe, you know, maybe he thinks of it in maybe, a different perspective. Yeah, if he's thinking of it from the perspective
1: of, this is how I get my wings. Wonderful. Splendid. Then, yes, I'll grant <laughs> that. But the, the, it's pitched as, there's a man who needs our help. Splendid. Well, it would be better if he didn't need our help. But
0: okay. <laughs> Oh, there's someone with a problem. Oh, that's great.
1: <laughs> Marvelous. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, sinister. Yes, it
0: sounds very very sinister. So, in other words, you're saying Clarence is the villain here?
1: i no, I'm not pitching that. I, I mean, I could, I feel, hmm. no, I don't think he is.
0: I, I, Wouldn't it be was, really interesting if Clarence was actually was... Potter's guardian angel? <laughs>
1: Okay, so Clarence, his mission is he stops, he stops George from killing himself. How would that benefit Potter? Because cause then he actually, as you pitched yesterday, he would go to prison. That's right. And Potter wants to see George go to prison and his family ruined. Like if, if George dies and his family gets the life insurance, possibly, then this is a suicide cause, uh, which they tend to have. Uh, so this way they can look at the money and they're all destitute on the streets. Yes, uh, Clarence is the villain. He's post guardian angel. There yeah, we did it.
0: All right, cool. It's
1: a terrible film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a wonderful life. It's a terrible life. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You never know. Sometimes, uh, they, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone actually would pitch that idea at some point. You know, in in time to to make a movie that way. Don't know.
1: Someone's going to have recut the trailer to be, it's a horror film. That's right. This is the kind of film they do that with. That's true.
0: <laughs> so, but what's interesting is, is why does Clarence automatically, what's this, why is this first thought that if someone needs help, he's sick, I'm not even looking at this from, from, from a, you know, from a malicious aspect, but why is that the first thing that comes to mind that someone's sick? If they need help.
1: So if, if this isn't, if this isn't Clarence's first, uh, uh adventure, Maybe the previous ones he's had to deal with have been people who are. Ah, okay. Or they haven't been. And he has this obsession with sick people. And he's like, Is this one sick? Do I finally get a sick one? <laughs> uh, and. So, could be. So either this is all he's dealt with, or he's just been dying to deal with a sick person. Like, is there phlegm? <laughs> Tell me it's phlegm. I
0: just want to see phlegm. It could be. And Franklin's response is no, worse. He's discouraged. At exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time, that man will be thinking, and then the minute gets cut off. But but let's backtrack a a tiny little bit. What the hell is Earth time?
1: (laughs) That is a very good point that I did not think about.
0: (laughs) At 10.45 p.m. Earth time.
1: Earth time. Well, okay, this is a simple misunderstanding. If he's in upper state New York, then he's on EST. That's right. So they just misunderstood what well, the E and ESD stands. Ah, okay. Just, Earth it's Earth Standard, standard design, Time. 1045. But
0: you'd think that if Franklin is all-knowing and is aware of, of the fact and has known <laughs> for eons that this day will come, so, you know, wouldn't he have been able to, to realize that we're dealing with, you know, Eastern Standard Time as opposed to Earth Standard Time?
1: Maybe there's 24 different uh, uh Commanding angels, each for a different time zone on the earth. Oh, ah, okay. And Franklin, That's fair. they don't talk to each other. Franklin only knows that band of the planet that is Earth time, that is EST.
0: Okay. All right. I'll,
1: I'll buy that. I'll buy that. No, so actually, more than that. Yeah. It's like sometimes they, these kind of, when you get daylight savings coming in, it messes everything up. And, That's right. But I, back, so back then,
0: that. they didn't really need to worry about daylight savings because I think it only began in like the 50s. So.
1: And they don't understand it in space because it's like, what's daylight? We're in space, Uh, so it means nothing. Uh, But yeah, so Earth standard time is is the only band of the planet he knows. Okay. I'm saying he. This is a star. Well, his name is Franklin. I've 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 misjudged. If if the the, band of life they
0: know. If the if the um, the star is called Franklin, my assumption is it's male. I could be wrong.
1: I I am. Yes, I'm not happy to make that assumption. Okay. I'm, going to stick with I'm, I'm fine
0: making that assumption. Okay. <laughs> and so we, we talked about earlier that we were trying to figure out, uh, earlier this week, about what time this was. So. 10.45 p.m. No, 10.45 is when he wants to commit suicide. And yeah. we're going to find out tomorrow that it, that's only an hour from now. 9.45. So the, the, it's, it's right now about 9.45, Earth time okay yeah so everyone is praying an hour beforehand so that's why it all depends on how long you know george was wandering around town how long he was at martinis how long it took him to get from martinis to hit the tree how long it took him to get from the from the the tree to the bridge and how long he contemplated on the bridge what he should do so that gives it it does give enough time for the, the gossip uh mill to to, to work around that uh, something's wrong with with, uh, with George. Yes, the hive mind can activate. That's right. So
1: you have anything else you want to say about this, this minute? No,
0: I've I've
1: I, I just it's fun. Like you know the the, the first weeks of films we don't talk about it's generally like one location or like it's the air airport as our diehard it's is rare that we're like okay you get the credits and then space. And where we are at the end of this week. It's it's very changeable and I like it. Yeah, and, and so, we're gonna go
0: other places also, so you know, there we go. Yeah. That works really well. Okay, so every Wednesday we have a new segment which is called uh It's a Wonderful Wednesday. Now anyone who is familiar with, with this with this movie knows that the the idea and premise and trope of it all has been used tens, if not hundreds, of times uh, in the seventy-six years since this movie came out, in order to, uh, you know, to show us what what the life of certain characters of different movies or TV shows, how how their lives would be different, you know, if if either they weren't born or something else happened, something changed in their life or something like that. So every week I'm going to bring an example of that. So what better place to start, especially with Jay, is uh, with The Simpsons. Okay. Are, are you a Simpsons I, fan, Jay? I'm,
1: I used to be. Okay. I haven't seen it in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm the
0: same way. I haven't seen uh,
1: it. I used to enjoy the show. Okay. Yeah.
0: So the, the, the episode of The Simpsons that deals with the, the plot of It's a Wonderful Life uh, is a... It was the 90th episode of, of the series. It was uh, in... It was came out in season five. It was episode nine, and it's called "The Last Temptation of Homer." Okay, so I I okay. sat and I, I I watched that that episode. I don't remember if I've ever seen it before. Uh, I might have seen bits and pieces of it. Basically, what happens is, is uh, in in a nutshell, a a new woman starts uh, working at the at the plant, and Homer s- starts to fall in love with her. Her name is Mindy, and he keeps thinking that okay. He's gonna leave his wife, and he would. Uh, he wants to to spend time with uh with with this. He wants to to be with this woman named Mindy. And so he keeps thinking about the fact of how his life would be different if he was married to this woman named Mindy instead of Marge. So a an angel appears to him, and the the angel is is in the uh, guise of. Uh, uh, Isaac Newton and he basically says to 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 Homer I decided I'm gonna use a, a form that you'll that you'll uh recognize and then Homer goes Isaac who? So then they, they changed the form and it turns him into Colonel Clink from uh, Hogan's Heroes. Are you familiar with Hogan's Heroes at all
1: well? uh, through talking to you. Okay. Yeah uh, it's it's cool. Not- it's come up, but I've never. Seen okay,
0: it. so it's it's uh, Hogan's Heroes is a TV show that came out in the '60s with uh, Bob Crane and uh, Werner uh, Klem- Klemper- Klemperer as Colonel Klink, and uh, the whole idea was is that uh, it, it's based on uh, movies like Salak Seventeen and The Great Escape, which uh, obviously I covered The Great Escape here in the first season, where you know it, it's a uh, U.S. prison or uh, allied prisoners in a uh, POW camp during World War II, and all the different things that they do in order to to help others escape and cause havoc to the commandant, you know Colonel Klink. So the whole idea here is is that you know Homer is now seeing Colonel Klink as his guide through what his life would would be like if he was married to Mindy instead of married to to March, and the whole time he keeps what's hilarious is that the entire time he keeps making Hogan's Heroes remarks to Colonel Clink. Did you know that they hid a uh, you know, they had a phone hidden you know, under this bed? Do you know that? They had, you know, like all the different things that they hid in the uh, you know, in in the, the show from Colonel Clink and the, you know, the the aperture of, of uh, Colonel Clink keeps saying no, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. And you know he takes uh, homer on a very short journey uh showing him what his life would be like and he shows that he would be living in like this mansion if he was uh, married to mindy and he's like hey that can't be so bad <laughs> and then he says okay but i'm going to show you what uh, what's going on with uh with march and turns out that march is actually living in the white house and therefore homer uh realizes that uh Maybe he would rather be married to 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 Marge, but he's not really sure yet. And then he and Mindy are in a, in, in a uh, uh, in a in a motel room, and he's debating whether to cheat on on Marge with her or not. And he realizes that there's something wrong between the, their connection. It's just not. It doesn't work as well. And then we, we see that, that uh, you know the, they they have a talk. And Homer confesses that that he, you know, he, he's not really sure if he wants to cheat on Marge or not. And then Mindy tells him that it's okay, and he falls asleep. And then uh, we, we see Marge show up at the hotel, and Homer sings a song to Marge. And while they're in the, the, the motel room, they decide that, uh, you know, they're they turn up, they, they're about to turn off the lights, and then Marge finds a uh, some food on the ground. Uh, I think it's like a turkey or something like that, and you know Homer realizes that yes, he has he's he's with the right person. He's the he's with the person who who knows him the best and loves him the most, and then like the lights go out. So I mean it's a simple uh, way to do it, but I, I think it's 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 a fun way to, uh, that the Simpsons would do something like this. You know, just showing the Homer, who probably also has the IQ of a rabbit, to. Uh, you know, to see how how he really understands that you know, he there's a reason why he he's married to Marge and why he loves Marge and why she loves
1: him. I I remember the episode, but none of the It's Wonderful Life stuff. But well, I I remember the him going to have the affair with Mindy and in the hotel room and they're like, like like kissing and then there's a vacuum cleaner outside the door that sounds like Marge and his shirt busts open and he's got this t-shirt with her face on it. So like there are some bits of the episode I do remember, but none of the uh, imagining the alternate life with with Mindy instead of March
0: stuff. Right. Okay, I mean it's it's very brief. They, they don't they don't spend a lot of time on that, it, uh, but it's it's still it's still okay. effective. You know I like the way they did it. This isn't one of the best uh, versions of It's a Wonderful Life, you know that, uh, of you know used in TV shows over the years. But you know we have 26 weeks to get through a whole bunch of them. So we, we, will, we will see which are the better ones. And, uh, yeah. So, Jay, you want to uh, once again tell people uh, where they can find uh, Jay Oh uh, Yeah, uh, Deep Blue Sea,
1: the podcast, where we're talking about Deep Blue Sea-adjacent films. Uh, so not this one. Uh, other, <laughs> other films that are aquatic or sharks or Rennie Harlan-related. Uh, Deep Blue Sea-bod, everywhere you can find podcasts.
0: All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Mover Around Minute. You can find me on x... You can find me on my website, moveronminute.com, and you can find me on Facebook. So, until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly,
1: truly, dear.
0: Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears.